uh, now. And we're, we're starting a, a series um, this morning um, about time. And, um, and as we did in the series previous to this, I've, I'm going to be asking some people to share a word of wisdom uh, with us. And uh, if I do ask you, it is not me calling you old, just FYI. Um, so someone, well, I won't say who, was a little offended, but uh, I will, uh, that, is, that, is not, that is not what I'm saying, because you can be wise at 20, just like you can be wise at 80, and you can be foolish at 80, at 80 just as so you can be foolish um, at 20. But I did want to start with a word of, of wisdom from our dear friend Cecilia, uh, who's going to come and, and share. Come Come on, come on. I told you about it would be at the beginning. Come on, here we go, Cecilia. Let's welcome Cecilia. <laughs> so yeah, I just asked her to share, share just a, a word of, of wisdom with us. So. I can't even read it. <laughs> you got it, you got I'm it. I'm so nervous. I had to speak in here. I can hold it for you if it helps. Oh, wow. Well, I want to see what I wrote in here. <clears throat> we all are going to the life university. Uh, even with, we don't, we're never going to cease to learn in something new until the day we die. We, we need to be in constant prayer, trusting God with all your, and, and trusting God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. I have faith in that. Look in Lucas eleven thirteen, And everything is going to be all right at the end. Being old is a different game. After 80, we are going down the hill, now there is no stopping to it. We lose our learning, <laughs> hearing. We cannot remember after five minutes. We lose our balance. I'll treat, I'll try to take care, of, take over us, etc., etc. <laughs> and we <laughs> we drying up. I went to see an eye doctor one time, and um, because my eye was bothering me, and he said. Your eye is so dry like some paper. I say, why, doctor? Because old age, he has a mask and he was a foreigner. I couldn't understand him. Old age, then he took the mask on, off. I say, because you are a vieja, vieja. <laughs> what vieja means, uh, probably somebody who speaks Spanish. Vieja means an old woman. You are a vieja. <laughs> and we're all drying up. He said, we start drying out of feet and nails, uh, our hair and body and our eyes when we get old. Uh, yeah. We need to all have responsibility to care for our own body, for ourselves. Uh, we need to watch what we put in our mouth. Stop eating junk food. Because we stop eating sugar. Sugar is worse. Uh, it's not good. Don't put anything that is going to hurt your insides. Because our insides are just tender like the inside of our eyes. We don't know. We don't see them. But I saw them when I had a colonoscopy. I look in the screen. 
and I saw that my inside is just extended and like my eyes. So don't eat nothing that is going to hurt you. Be responsible. Don't ask God later, God, why I'm sick? Why this happened? Because you didn't take care of the body that God gave you. I've been in there. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I read that. <laughs> Be kind to elderly people. To any elderly people you encounter. Talk to them when they approach you, when they're trying to say something to you. They're lonely. There's so many lonely people that can hardly work. Don't be shy away from the, the evil people you see in the street. Sometimes when you're all, it's a job to get dressed, a job to get up, a job to put your shoes, a job to take a bath, because you're always in pain somewhere. You, you, you always pray to the Lord that do, do not have, do not have, for those pain go away. Oh, I'm sorry, my English. Yeah. yeah. Be kind to your parents. Visit them. Ask them if they need something. Always be sensitive to the need of the early people because one day you're going to be in, in their shoes. And you're going to want somebody to be sensitive to you. Remember, karma is real. The day, the, another soul, the day has 24 hours. I just talked to a friend in Sweden, she's a psychologist, and she made me aware this 24 hours divided by three is eight hours. We have eight hours to go to work, eight hours to do chores around the house, shopping and what have you whatever you need to take care of at home, and eight hours to sleep, which is the most important hour to go to sleep, at least to sleep seven hours. is most important for our mind, for our health, for our uh, forever. It's most important uh, uh, for our memory. Uh, Oh, Read about the circassian rhythm. Circassian rhythm, I don't know if you understand. I never knew about that. But reading the internet, the internet, the new communication can tell you, teach you many things. Be that about the, the importance of the circassian rhythm. I never went to bed, I used to go to bed at one or two in the morning and get up at six. I was sleeping four hours. I was cranky, uh, forgetful, in bad mood, tired all the time because I didn't know the importance of sleeping, of sleep. Then to manage your money wisely. Don't spend more money than you earn. Refrain from buying Anything with credit, if it's possible. Be frugal. Try to save always a little for when you retire. 
or to buy your own place someday. When you retire, your pension is going to be cut in half, more or less. Social Security, they told me, is it's, it's only to help you, not to sustain you. You were supposed to save money while you were young and active working. Uh, uh, homelessness has become a worldwide epidemic. People don't know where to go to make a decent living or to live in peace. That's just heartbreaking. Humanity is in trouble. We need to pray for it constantly. Um, I was wondering, are we going back to the time when uh, Jesus' time, people were living in tents? This is epidemic all over the world. It's terrible, terrible. The internet tissue or shows many things that we didn't used to know because we don't have that mean of communication. Uh, pardon me. Yeah. So we need to be in constant prayer for humanity. Be kind with God creation. We are the steward of it. Take care of the forest, the water, the body of water. We, we start, start polluting the environment. Be kind with the animals that they lost the habitat because people is building to the top of the mountain without any regard for them. It's just so sad. Animals are God's creation, and he loves them, and created them in a different shape because he wants to do. Sometimes they say, possum uh, are so ugly. They're not ugly, they're beautiful. I have one like a, has a pet, they're so sweet. I saw the other one in the internet, one carrying all the pet in the back. I don't know if you saw in the internet, it shows you many things. They are beautiful in God's eye, and they all have a purpose. Knows, God knows what the purpose is of the animal. Take care of them. <clears throat> Go to life like a step in an egg. Always in constant prayer, ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Read Lucas 11, 13. It took me a long time last night to find that chapter. And I, I prayed to the Holy Spirit to show me. He finally did at one in the morning. I have, I have done to ask God to fill me with the Holy Spirit. And he never, ever answered failed to ask me when I ask him for something. Never. So remember, read Lucas 11, 13. Uh, uh, refrain. I know this. So I'll, I'll read. Refrain from accumulating too many material sins. It's going to give you the stress at the end. Always keep in mind that when we die, we are we are not going to take anything with us. Don't be like shopaholic. I have done all of this myself, but I learned a little too late. Stop going to garage sale or stay sale or whatever. I'm full of stuff. Now, what I'm gonna do with it? I have to give it away. Nobody wants anything anymore. <laughs> now we're all disposable, which is bad too. 
throw it out, throw it out. Throw it out, destroy the planet. Yeah. All we give, this I always remember that Bunny Gentry told me one time. It was an old member, very good Christian. She said, when somebody asked me for money, even if it's a drug addict, whatever, I always give whatever they're going to do with the money is between them and God. But always give when somebody asks for something. Just pray with our season, with a season, always, all day, and ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit, which is the presence of God in here. God say, I'm going, I'm living, but I want to leave you my Holy Spirit. That's the presence of God in here. So do that, and you see the change. You see the God, the Holy Spirit, never going to let you down. In Lucas 11, 13. Remember that. (laughs) Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Uh, there, there's there's so, so much so much wisdom uh, that, that we learn. As I mentioned, you can learn it young or learn it old. There's things that we're always learning and hoping to, to grow in. So we're starting this, this series. It actually came a little bit out of the last series. I was starting to write a sermon um, from the book of Psalms on this, but then I was like, ah, oh, there's a little more here. I kind of want to extend this out more than a week. So um, we're looking at this brand new book called Psalms to start out the series um, that, we just, uh, that we just looked at a bit, but we won't be looking primarily at Psalms throughout it. But um, I want us to uh, memorize this, this passage together as uh, we are, are looking at this series. So I think it's something that um, is really profound if we can get it into our hearts. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Let's say that once together. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So I hope that during this series you you memorize uh, this verse because I think it has pretty profound implications for how we live. And it's a a theme uh, throughout scripture to understand that um, our lives will one day end. And we don't know when that's going to be or how that's going to come about. But at one point, it's going to happen. And oftentimes when we think about time, uh, we're thinking of it differently. We think of, um, you know, what time is it? And we have more and more devices now where you can constantly know what time it is, you know, a Fitbit or whatever. It's it's constantly there. We have our phones and it's always right in front of us. Uh, As a gift to you uh, during COVID, we upgraded some of our technology and stuff. So I always know what time it is. It's over there. You can look back on the red. So it's telling me like the red little thing is going like it's like, and Chen every once in a while flashes like, Brian, you're going too long. Uh, So just FYI. Um, that, that, is, that is back there for me. Chen hasn't ever done that. Thank you. But um, it's just there for me. It's, just, it's, it's in the red, like, all right, Brian, you're kind of losing them. Like, we're running out of time uh, here. And that's just how I think we view our time. It's just, just kind of like slowly clicking, ticking by, and we have all these ways to, to remember it. And so oftentimes when it comes to time, we ask the question, what time is it? But scripture, I think, desires for us to ask a different question. What am I doing with my time? How am I using my time for something a little bit deeper than things that maybe just honor me? How am I like part of of something that's a little bit different? And the perspective in in scripture is often to think of it honestly in a way that we would maybe think of as slightly depressing. 
In Job chapter 7, verse 6, which is the beginning of Job, so it's a little bit of a, a tough start. Job says this, my days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle, and they come to an end without hope which isn't something you'd find on a Hallmark card, probably. Um, but that's just how, how he's been. As, as the, he's viewing the loss that he's just experienced and all the things that have happened um, in, in his life, which is incredibly difficult, he says, this just like goes so quick. I didn't necessarily realize how good I, I had it at the beginning. I didn't necessarily... I'm, cherish the things that were in front of me. And I think you still see that in, in songs and, and writings today. Uh, I like the John Mayer song, Don't Stop This Train. He says, I'm so scared of getting older. I'm only good at being young. So I play the numbers game to find a way to say my life has just begun. So I talked with my dad and he said, help me, or I was talking to my dad to help me understand. And he said, turn 68, you'll renegotiate. And this is true, right? You know, 40 is the new 20. 60s, the new whatever. We, we, and you get to that point, and I, I, I definitely have that realization. Now I'm like older than my parents' parents. They're the parents that were around me when I was a kid, and that's always like, geez, like, I'm, like, I thought those people were like, they knew everything, right? Like I knew, thought they had all the perspective. I thought they, they had all of it figured out, and you realize that it's just kind of a sham. You're trying to figure out as you go along uh, throughout life, and um, I'm so thankful for Cecilia sharing, because there's just little tips of wisdom that we gain uh, throughout our lives that maybe we wish we would have known for our entire lives. So what does it look like to number our days? Let me recommend a website to you that's very helpful for this. It's called deathclock.com. And you can enter in your BMI and whether or not you smoke, and it'll tell you exactly what day you're going to die. So this is it for me. This was on Wednesday, so I have less seconds left um, than that. But um, yeah, so um, Thursday, September 28th, I'm going to die at the age of 73, um, which is a little early uh, than I was hoping maybe. But um, you know, I don't, I'd rather go too short than too long. So like, that's, that's probably good. Um, so there's FYI, the funeral will be the following Saturday. Uh, we can plan for that. Go ahead, go ahead and put it, put it into your phones. In lieu of flowers, just give to glendale.church slash give. Um, so um, actually, you can do that now uh, instead of uh, waiting uh, for a moment down, down the line. But just, you know, you can do it uh, in honor of me. It's amazing for a website that gives such helpful information. It's very low tech. Like, it looks real weird. So uh, just FYI, when you go uh, check it out. But it, scripture encourages us to just understand like, that that day is coming. And Moses writes this psalm in Psalm chapter 90. And Moses is an interesting person. I'll get to that in just a second, guys. Hold on for one second. Um, but in, um, Moses has three very interesting phases of his life. He starts out... Um, he is a Hebrew baby who gets rescued in a river, and he ends up living in the Egyptian palace in the, the lap of luxury, basically. And he has this experience, and as he is there then, he sees the oppression that is happening to his people, and he acts in anger, and he kills an Egyptian. And then the next day, uh, he realizes that people saw that, and he's like, oh, I better lay low for a while after. Like, I didn't know that people necessarily knew that that happened. And so he, he heads out of town, and he's basically just living in, in an anonymous life, one that he prefers to live uh, for the rest of his days. So for the first 40 years, he's in the lap of luxury. For the next 40, um, he watches sheep at a time in his life when he probably didn't even need to have a clock. Like He's just out there, just among the sheep, and he wants to do that for the rest of his life. He doesn't really want to enter in. And when um, he then notices a burning bush, which says, I am God. And um, he then asks Moses, and actually doesn't really ask, just kind of forces Moses, Moses, you are going to go lead my people. And Moses 
for basically a chapter and a half is like, no, there's no way. There's no way I could possibly do this. And then Moses ends up doing it uh, in the end. And he spends the next 40 years of his life leading a group of people that is very frustrating for him at times because they're often complaining and he's trying to follow God in the midst of an extremely complicated situation. So he has three distinct periods of life which are interesting and he has some interesting perspective to give us about what it looks like to live a meaningful life. And we don't know exactly when he wrote this psalm and it's got a lot for us, I think, as we think about how we view time. So it starts in verse one, saying this, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born or brought forth the whole world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn people back to dust, saying, return to dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by or a watch in the night. He continues that you sleep people away in the sleep of death. They are the new grass of the morning. In the morning, it springs up new, but by evening, it's dry and withered. So basically, the beginning of this psalm, the first six verses, is Moses just saying, you just don't realize how fast it's going to go. And this is what everyone always says, is as they you know, radio back, like, cherish this moment. As Cecilia shared, cherish your health. Your insides are as tender as your outsides. Like cherish, like take care of, of your body. You don't know how long perhaps you're going to feel this good. You don't know how long you're going to be able to experience this because, you know, if you're blessed, then you're going to live a long time and, you know, it's going to hurt when you wake up. There's, there's hard things about getting older. So, so use this time. Understand that it's not just going to be yours forever. And Moses begins with this perspective, God, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. And, and as you look to what we are experiencing, it's just like a snap of, of the fingers. I can't snap. I would if I could, but it's just like a snap of, of the fingers. It's just like what we consider like stressful and anxiety filling and the things that make us, you know, stay up at night and not sleep all that well. Those things like they're all just going to be gone. To you, God, they are like a watch. In the night, a watch is three or four hours. Like, it's just not that long. And Moses, I think, is teaching us that our best hope, my best hope for a life that is significant and purposeful is to remember that perspective. To keep that at the forefront of our minds. That you aren't the center of the story. And you aren't, I'm not, in control of the things that matter the most. People's lives that are most important. And I can't help but think of an extreme character when I think about this, because it's easy for us to go, I'm I'm not um, that way, but it's easy to maybe see it in other places. I thought of the wonderful character on The Office, Michael Scott. Here's a a quick Michael Scott clip that uh, illustrates this a little bit as he's trying to run a meeting. Is it not on there, Chen? Oh, okay. It's all right. It's okay, Chen. He he never forgets, so it's all right. Um, But... What's interesting is, and there's thousands of these that you, perhaps you could tell me what, what your favorite is, but when he, he's trying to do a PowerPoint presentation, he's forgotten to do it, and then he like 
opens it up and it's still like loading on power. It's, just, it's, it's, a, it's a train wreck um, of, of a meeting. But I also uh, love another one um, where uh, he is playing basketball. I'd say one of my favorite ones where they have like the basketball game and he looks horrible like he's never shot a shot before and he like shoots it and it ho- horribly misses. And he's like, what is with me today? <laughs> I, I, I love, I love that, that perspective. Like it's like, that, yeah, like it's, it's and, and you see it in Michael Scott, but I also see it here at times, we had somebody, um, this was many years ago when, when my brother and I were still in high school, and he was trying to make it as an actor here in LA, and he was, he was part of the church, and my brother and I would have a, a, a game with this guy um, to try and talk about ourselves more than he talked about himself, and the thing was, he didn't know we were playing the game, but he still won. Like, it was just like, wait, wait, wait. And, and my brother had done some, like, pretty cool traveling. Um, he had, my brother had like, climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, so my brother would, like, try to take the conversation back by saying, you know, I once climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. And the guy was like, yeah, you know, I was the best actor in Arizona for this thing. And it was just like, how, how do, and perhaps you've been around somebody like that who was just like, wait, how, how, do you, how do you constantly get, like, the ball back again? Or how, how are you, you know, so unself-aware, or, you know, you see a Michael Scott, and I, I love this quote, there was a, a TV critic who, who said this about Michael Scott's character. That quote should be there, yeah. What makes the office work is that Michael Scotts are everywhere. Sure, your boss might not be quite as insensitive, but maybe, probably, you see some similarities. And if you've worked in any sort of company for a, a while, you've probably had a boss, maybe, who you're like, how did that, how did she, you know, how did she or he get that position? You know, that doesn't make the lack of self-awareness is alarming, but somehow it happens. And Michael Scott is, you know, an extreme example of this, but they're, they're out there. And the reason why that character makes sense is because, you know, they're out there. And it's easy for us maybe to see that in other people, but I know for me, the question that I have to ask myself is, where, where do I see that Michael Scott in myself? Where I just think I'm, I'm a little bit, too important. Or I think that, you know, in some ways I'm, I'm holding this thing together. Moses calls us to live with a different perspective. Later in the psalm, he says this, our, our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures. Yet the best of them are trouble and sorrow. <laughs> they quickly pass and we fly away. And he continues, if we only knew the power of your anger, your wrath is as great as the fear that is due you. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So if we could just see that the way we live matters beyond just a given moment and just the anxieties that we have in a given instance, if we could see the ways that you care deeply about the world. I love what Cecilia shared about caring about the the homeless communities and caring about um, people who we we see. It's something that is a reality here, being willing to, to be generous in those times. If we could see just how powerful you are, if we could have that perspective What would it look like for us to number our days with you at the center? The word for glory in the Old Testament is kavod, and that means, it just means like a weight. It's a a measurement term. 
So if, if we could see that there's, just, there's a weight to who you are, God. There's, there's something there. there there's something that, that's significant. If we could just, just see that there's something about our lives that, that matters, there's, there's a weight to it, then we would reorder our priorities. We would have a, a different perspective. A moment when Jesus shows the glory of God in an interesting way. There's a time when uh, he is uh, about to get arrested and the guards are, are coming to actually do uh, the, the arresting and they have this interesting uh, back and forth. And it says this, Jesus of Nazareth is who they're looking for. And Jesus replies, uh, I am, which uh, throughout the book of John is a reference to the Old Testament, the I am that God says to Moses. And so I am is, is obviously very significant. It's not just two random words in the book of John. Jesus says this uh, seven different times, also a very significant number. And um, so Jesus, as he's having this interaction, uh, starts by saying, I am, which is obviously a very profound and loaded term. And in this moment, he, he reveals the power of what he has, like what he's basically carrying around in him. And so when Jesus says, I am he, they draw back and they fall to the ground. So Jesus says it and says like the kind of magic words to reveal the glory of who he is. And the matrix happens, right? They just, they, they, they fall back. Once Jesus basically says, all right, let me just show you a glimpse of who I am. Once they see a little bit of that glory, the, the kavod, the, the weight of God, that they fall back. Because that's what Jesus is carrying around with him all the time. This is the glory of God. So what does it look like for you to number your days, to gain a heart of wisdom, to live like God is on the throne and you're not, to recognize that, yeah, you're not going to be around forever. It's just a flash. Where are the little Michael Scotts in you or in me? that I need to recognize because I'm not in control. A moment for that that was very humbling uh, for me was when COVID happened. And at that time, we, we weren't uh, live streaming our services. And we had to like, figure out how to do that. Um, and we did that for, for a year. And it was definitely for me one of those moments where I was just like, man, I, I don't know how to run a church during COVID. And it was a moment for me to realize, like, I kind of thought I was in control of this thing a little bit. And there's moments for all of us when we recognize the, the limits in our jobs, in our work, whatever, that, that we kind of come to this moment in ourselves. I'm, I'm just a flash. And what would it look like to gain a heart of wisdom? To recognize, like, you're not going to be around forever. 
In our society, we have moved death, I think, further and further out. It used to be that back in the day, the cemeteries were around churches. If you are in Europe, you see that to this day. And, you know, you would have been a little mad at your kids for knocking down your aunt's tombstone. You know, like that would, that would have happened um, after church. And it's just a little different, right? It's a little different to, you know, walk out and, and see a bunch of tombstones. And generally, those are, you know, um, in other places, we don't really see them all that often. Generally, people don't die at home anymore. They die in the hospital. Uh, there are these ways that we have somewhat put it to the side of our lives, and it's easy for us to act like it's not a reality. But it is. And Scripture teaches over and over again that a heart of wisdom is, is gained by just being honest with that reality. You're not going to live forever. As Cecilia said, that as you get older, it's hard. So, so take care of your body now. Try to limit your sugar now, even though it's hard. Because at some point, and it's so interesting that as she shared, there were just so many very like practical things, right? Oftentimes we think of wisdom as, you know, churchy things, but it's just very practical. Get eight hours of sleep if you can. Don't eat sugar. Take care of the environment. She's giving me a lot of amens. Thank you, Cecilia. Yeah, no, it was, it's great. But it's just amazing that as you ask somebody to share um, wisdom, it's, it's, it's just so practical. Because you're not going to last forever. So as we begin this series, I just want you to ask that, that question this week. What does it look like for me to number my days? And no matter what age you are, that, that you could gain a heart of wisdom. And as I mentioned at the beginning, you don't have to be along in age to have wisdom. You could act at wisdom or not at any given moment. What does it look like for you to number your days that you can gain a heart of wisdom? Again, there's Michael Scott's everywhere. Michael Scott's in us. When we start to think that we're at the center of everything. And then Michael Scott's case, way too intimately involved in everybody's life and what's going on in the office. Well, what does it look like for you to have a heart of wisdom and to live in the perspective of God as Moses offers? Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom and give honor and glory to God where it's ultimately due. Let's pray. God, we, we are thankful for this very practical passage. We're thankful for what Cecilia shared, her heart, sharing about things that she's learned in her life because there's only one way to learn things sometimes, and that's through going through life. And so we're thankful for the messages and what she shared with us earlier. And I pray that we would think of our lives this week in the perspective of, of you. That the things that we love the most and cherish most, we aren't in control of. And I pray we would try to honor you and how we care for those things and cultivate those things in the brief time that we have them. Father, teach us to, to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Your son, Jesus, and I pray. Amen.